Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Thank you and welcome. I appreciate you being here for another episode of Perspectives on Healthcare. We are continuing the interview marathon and today's episode features Guy Ranasina sharing a patient's perspective on healthcare. Here you go. Welcome to the podcast. I apologize. Um, tell me, I guess being as I said your name incorrectly, we'll, I'll start you with this easy question, proper pronunciation of your name. Is G G W E? Yeah, it's G as in G whiz. Wonderful. And or, G, or, where are you from? Or if it, if it's after the watershed, it would be G spot. But we'll stick with whiz. G, where are you from? Um, that, that that's a that's a long question, to be honest, Rob. Um, I'm a Brit who, for the last twenty years, as is living in France. Um, uh, going further back, I've I've lived in a number of lived and worked in a number of other countries, uh, in Asia, in North America, and in Europe. So I'm a global citizen, let's say. All right. So tell me a little bit. Then you've told me a little bit about yourself, but tell me a little bit about your background and experience in healthcare, please. Well, uh, I kind of come from a medical family, Rob. Actually, um, my mother was in the healthcare business. She was a healthcare specialist for 30, 40 years, something like that. Um, And based on her experiences and anecdotes, as well as being surrounded by family and friends, many of whom were or are in the healthcare field, I like to think I'm familiar with healthcare from both sides of the fence, if you will. Sure, you know, as as a as a receiver as well as understanding a little bit more about the challenges of the healthcare professions um, at the other end. Yeah, and I think that that's a, a really important distinction to make. That um, every, even medical professionals, medical providers, they they have to wear the patient hat at some point in time, um, and. For them, they're going to sit on the other side of things, and I, I would imagine that that's you know, it gives you insight into the into two different two different sides of the the same coin, so to speak. Absolutely. I mean, there's a there's an old hacked, cliched phrase that says doctors make the worst patients, um, and you know there may be some truth in that. But <clears throat> I mean, as I as I said earlier on, I've 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 lived and worked in in many countries in the U.S. in the U.K. obviously in Germany in Hong Kong and as I say for the past twenty years in France. So I've had quite a wide experience of healthcare providers and healthcare provision sure. around the world. Okay, so I'm. Um- I've got kind of two questions for you. One is, is there, as in your international experience, has there been one healthcare system that has kind of stood out to you? Say this, 
this is where they're they're doing a good job with this. Well, I think that you know, looking looking at it at a sort of a at a macro level, I think the quality of healthcare I've received in these countries is generally. I mean, the quality of healthcare in terms of you know addressing the health requirements has generally been on par with with one another. You know, none of them were particularly better or worse than the others. Of course, the biggest difference is how each country's healthcare system is paid for at the point of use, right? Right. Um, and for that, in my experience, I would say that the model they use in France, Germany, and unfortunately now to a lesser extent in the UK, as your uh, previous guest was alluding to, um, I think that model is more in line with, let's say, my expectations and ethical considerations for the way a country's healthcare provision is extended to society. Okay, can, can you elaborate just on that just a little bit more for me? Um, what, what would your expect? What expectations are they meeting for you? Well, I th- I th- I think a the state, a government, uh, the legislative body has a duty of care to society. And I think a hybrid, at, at the same time, you know, nothing's for free. Sure. Right? Um, and uh, medical establishments have as right as, as any other commercial entity to generate revenue and generate profits. But I think it's a contentious subject. Well, certainly it is um, in Europe. It's a contentious subject as to where that line is drawn, where you get the point where, um, and, you know, regardless of whichever side of the fence you sit, Rob, or, or, you know, people who are listening to our our conversation, you know, there is no denying that there are people uh, who have been made bankrupt as a result of, um, healthcare issues, yeah. and I think that's in in twenty twenty two in a in a in a society which purports to be um, better in whatever yardstick we're measuring that to be. Um, I, I think that's not just unfortunate, but I'd go as far as to say it's scandalous, really. Have you met any healthcare heroes along the way, people who are doing it right? I have. I think everyone has has a good healthcare story, right? I think everyone right. has experienced a healthcare hero at some point. And I dare I say it, I'm sure quite a few of us have experienced a healthcare zero as well. <laughs> Sadly. Um, there are probably three individuals in my recent past that that stand out um two of them are were are specialist consultants okay um and what singled them out for me i think was a combination of things i think it was the way they spoke with me the way they interacted with me in terms of not being patronizing in terms of understanding my familiarity with the topic at hand and um and also the pragmatic way in which they 
chose to deal with my particular situation. And there again, this may be based upon the geolocational situation of where these particular episodes occurred. Um, again, you know, there are plenty of horror stories um, that I think many people have read about or unfortunately experienced themselves, mm-hmm. um, where the, the treatment has been, let's call it, upsold um, to a certain extent. And, you know, while I haven't had that situation at, at a personal level, thank goodness me, um, it's it's something that I'm mindful of, regardless of whether the payer is myself or an insurance company. Okay. The third healthcare hero is actually my dentist. Okay. Oh. And he's, he's absolutely awesome. <laughs> I, I, shout out to your dentist. What's his name? Um, his his name is uh, Dr. Amsland, Quentin okay. Amsland. He's a super cool guy. He's very down to earth, unassuming, <laughs> pragmatic. We, I mean, we talk about all sorts of stuff when I go there, Rob. It's fantastic. And many of these things have got nothing to do with oral health care. The last time I went to see him, we were talking about Japanese kitchen knives, of all things. Okay. Let me just say, G, that uh, having you're saying that you talk with your dentist about all kinds of different things. Um, my dentist, whenever I go there, we try and have a conversation, and most of the conversation goes, ah, 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 right. ah, yeah. So, very cool. No, I mean, we, we had a talk about Japanese kitchen knives yep. for about half an hour before he even looked inside my mouth. Amazing. I mean, it. it's it it was just. I mean, it's the. I think it's the approachability sure. of people. Yeah. You know, and to be honest, in regardless of what business they're in, right? It it sounds like he was willing to take time with you as a person rather than just get in, work on the teeth, and get out. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you wish your? Um, oh, actually, I'm skipping a question. What does quality healthcare? mean to you? I think many of the factors that determine quality in healthcare are the same factors that you'd find in any business and in any service provider. You know, um, the establishment should be professional, should be efficient in whatever ways those subjective traits are measured in the mind of the patient. You know, of course, the service being delivered should be of a tangible quality that meets the expectations that were initially set by the practitioner to the patient prior to the engagement. You know, the whole thing mustn't have been oversold. I suppose it can be summed up really as treating patients as people, as individuals, you know, as not, not as reference numbers or lumps of flesh to be transported through the system as quickly as as efficiently as possible as you as you mentioned you know yeah in many ways the subjective factors we use to to rate our experience with healthcare providers are the same ones that we might care to use when considering the quality of experience with providers in the hospitality industry you know yeah so um I will just point this out. For those of you watching, there, here's your tweetable moment. Um, quality healthcare is treating patients as people. Credit that to G. So thank you. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> do I win a prize? <laughs> I, I, first, first tweetable moment of the day. Congratulations on that. Uh, what Thank do you, you wish your pr medical providers understood about you? Um, I, I think we've mentioned it already, and um, Celia mentioned it beforehand, that we're all individuals. You know, the bad experiences that I've had with healthcare professionals, you know, can be summarized as being the ones who give the impression, and we, we all know the ones uh, that we mean, the ones who give the impression that they're some kind of deity, you know, the ones where patients should be subservient and grateful for being seen in the first place. You know, I've got absolutely no time for these sorts of people. I don't care how good they or others think they are, you know. And I get that medical and healthcare practitioners are overworked and stressed. I get that. It's a tough industry to be in, okay? Yes. But I think it's vitally important to take the time to understand the needs and hopes, aspirations and fears of the patient at the other end of whatever healthcare process we're talking about. And I think yeah. because you're always at the coalface as a healthcare provider, you forget that. Right. But I mean, there's an old adage, since you brought up an old adage, I'll bring up an old adage that uh, the difference between God and doctors is that um, God doesn't think God he's doesn't a doctor. He's a doctor. Right, yeah. exactly. And I think that's, that's, unfortunately, those examples still exist. I think they're diminishing in number. And maybe it's a it's a I wouldn't say an age thing, but a a, a time that uh, has has moved on. Yeah. So, in I think in that vein, that's part of the reason why we are I am saluting healthcare heroes today because there's enough people that are doing it wrong. Let's celebrate the people that are doing it right instead of Absolutely. warning warning the people and complaining about those that are doing it wrong. Uh, last question for you. What is one thing medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? Well, I think any scope for improvement is restricted depending on the country we're talking about, right? Since there's a financial model imposed on healthcare providers, okay. either by the state and or insurance companies, depending on which we're talking about. But if we excuse that, I think one area that has been shown to work in the past, in the very recent past, for many applications... Um, and I'm thinking of ones that w that came into being during COVID restrictions, has been access to healthcare professionals from remote communication channels, video conferencing and, and the like, you know. Sure. Now, I'm not saying that replaces face-to-face -face communication and consultancy, you know, not at all. But I think having remote access... On the, on the, from, the medical, uh, from, the, from the healthcare professional's point of view, having that availability from a, from a triage perspective, you know, to quantify a, a person's situation prior to maybe making that in-person appointment if necessary. I think it, you know, it reduces footfall through physical offices, you know, gives healthcare professionals more time to address, you know, in-person patient care. Right. Also, I think it's helpful for the patient because a big part of patient's experience with a healthcare professional lies in the uncertainty aspect, right? Sure. Between booking an appointment and actually going, your mind goes crazy. I mean, depending on what it is, you you know, you go you go to various websites and you think you've got bubonic plague or something, right? right. <laughs> because you're reading all of this stuff. So I, th I think that um, a certainty, even if it's a certainty, which is bad news. Sure. It's better to know, you know? Yeah. 
Excellent. Listen, G, thank you so much for being with me today. I appreciate you joining me. I appreciate you sharing your perspective on healthcare. Thanks for listening to Perspectives on Healthcare. Visit perspectivesonhealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.